Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Dun, dun, da, da, da. All right, yes, one of our ladies and gentlemen, ahead, boys and girls, I'm starting the show. Drew. It always seems like it opens like a circus. Bob. I want, I want it to be, you know, energetic. Yeah, yeah. Our guest is Anderson. Hey, Look what's at him up? there. Oh, we're going. This is yep, it. This, this is, is it. it. We we're, don't really have a big intro. We're into it. It's Anderson Cowan. He was uh, working with us on Loveline for years. Yeah. How many years. years? What year did you start? Uh, we we uh, almost hit 17 years with Jesus. me. Oh yeah. my God. It was uh, Pennywise's second appearance. Was my first night training. Was Fletcher drinking? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, was Poopa <laughs> City night. It was, yeah, it was, it was pretty Poopa intense. City. It was one with the SWAT oh, team had to yeah, show up. And they, uh, that was in Pasadena, right? No, 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 no. It was in uh, Culver City at the Westwood One Studios, and he claimed to have a live grenade on him. Yeah, yeah. And locked himself Might in the have. room with us. Might have. I was pretty excited about my new job. I'm like, this is pretty fun. Every <laughs> yeah, night's going to be right awesome. Your alley. But you, then, like three nights later, was my first night running solo, and uh, we had Moby on. And that was June 9th, uh, 1999. That was a much different show. Talking veganism. Yeah. Talking political He stuff. showed up late because he got lost looking for his vegan restaurant on the way. Well, and then... <gasps> and, I'm being molested by... Rex, it. our Australian Shepherd, is attacking Anderson. By the Pinsky's dog. He's ah. licking his face. Hi, Rex. <laughs> the, and my wife, the producer of this podcast, insists that Rex be a part of the show because he gets so many social media hits. Yeah. So I'm thanks, a dog person. I'm a dog person. It's, it's good. It's good. He, look at him. He wraps his arm. Look how he hugs him. Yeah, he's hugging Get that him. picture. That's perfect. You can see that on yeah, the my wife is not gonna, My wife's going to feel like I might be cheating, I think, if she sees these pictures. <laughs> this is borderline. It this is, is borderline like. cheating, yeah. <laughs> he, he's going south pretty soon. <laughs> so Love Lines just suddenly and crazily went off the air after 33 years. Yeah. I think I was on it in 1987. So what year, how long ago is that? Let's do the math real quick. 29 yeah. years. Yeah. 29 years yeah. ago. Okay, so how long? When did it start, Drew? Because I'm just going to interview guys about love lines. Well, do you, do you want to do no no drug the history and alcohol of stuff? love lines? No drug and alcohol stuff. We'll get to that. I got later. high just to, for the drug and alcohol stuff. Huh? The, show. the aloe, the aloe guys I got are, high on the way up here so that I could be prepared. Are you stoned? The you aloe guys are here. Don't you want to give them? <laughs> aloe something? House Recovery Center is filming and and sponsoring our show. It's a place I started in Malibu. And Drew say alligator. Aloe. Aloe. A-L-O. Aloe House Treatment Center. Aloe House Treatment Center. Okay, cool. Okay, so I started, it's basically what Drew and I did at Las Encinas, right. but like with job training and and still doing the right thing, yeah. which a lot of Malibu is not doing the right thing. Have it, you had it, any friends go to Malibu Treatment Center? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've known a lot of people who have gone through all a couple of the different Malibu Treatment Centers out there. I like that you're out there now, too, because <laughs> I had heard things about the other one uh, over the years from various people as well. The so. emphasis on on uh, the, sh- the the cotton sheets thread, thread number. Count? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Not as important I, to I've you? never seen that on a, a rehab center. No. <laughs> What's a certain clientele they're reaching out to you, Bob? It's about the staff and the philosophy of yeah. care only. Right. It's it. Well, I spent time over at Las Encinas, not as a, a client. There but was no thread people. count. It was... It you really? Was, I don't remember you visiting. I visited Drew over there. Actually, I'll talk to you about some stuff off air. I don't think it's for air, but I talked to you. I, I visited you over there, and then I had a close family member that was actually in the program over there on my wife's side, and I went over there a few times to visit But her. we were working there? Yeah. What was yeah, the thread yeah. count on our sheets? Drew? It was like 400, I think. It wasn't <laughs> our, acceptable. We have essentially had canvas sheets. Yeah. <laughs> we were going for like, this is what's waiting you in prison if you don't. <laughs> yeah. if you don't they have up. a scared straight uh, theme going on over there. So that's what we do. Aloe's. You know, grassroots community-based thing, but um, a lot more social model. But I have a surprise for you. But I don't know if the dog is going to steal it from me or not. Is it edible? Yeah, it's edible. It's edible. 
Okay. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm very confused now. Okay, so I'm a giant Pittsburgh Penguin fan, as Bob knows. And you and have the tattoo is, of the logo. Did you logo, figure it right. had something to do with that? I figured it had something to do with the Penguins or a picture, because the first thing that Bob does is show me a picture of him with the uh, <laughs> Stanley Cup. And last time you were on Loveline, actually, I uh, spent the entire two hours of the show, not running the show, but taking pictures of the ring that you had so kindly let me borrow, which was the championship well, ring. look at this. This is for you from the owner of the Penguins. No it's way. your tattoo. Ron Burkle, <laughs> owner of the Pittsburgh Penguins, gave me a penguin cookie. I'm never eating this. Are you kidding when me? I, when it's, it's your tattoo. It's you, so beautiful. He's going to shellac it and then frame it. This is it. like more this valuable than eaten. the last slice of cake for my wedding cake. <laughs> This is going right next oh, to show it. it. Hold it up so you can take a picture of it. <laughs> it's the Penguins logo. And I told Ron that you have, a friend of mine has the Penguins logo right. tattooed. And he goes, he probably likes them better than I do. Yeah, I probably do. I probably I do. Yeah, careful, Rex. Careful, Rex. Yeah, put it back in the... That's crazy. When did you Thank get you the so tattoo? Much, when did you get the uh, tattoo? Hey, Rex. Rex is almost eating my cookie. <laughs> this is terrifying. This <laughs> <laughs> is very upset. Uh, this is boring for online hockey fans, but uh, they had just signed Zygmunt Palfy. That's how long ago it was. I remember. I want to say 2003. And you're not from Pittsburgh? My dad's from Pittsburgh. Hey, it's my dad's birthday. He's no longer with us, but today's my dad's birthday. So, Actually, I don't know when this airs. Does this air like somewhere around the New Year? Like Happy New Year? <laughs> I know no. you guys like to bank them. No, no. It's be a couple weeks out. A couple weeks out? Okay, cool. Yeah. So, but, End of uh, July. But... So you're not from Pittsburgh, you're just a Pittsburgh Penguin. Yeah, I get man. passionate about things, Bob. Drew knows that. Like, I, I get into something, that's it. I'm in. So you, what does that mean? Let's translate the word passion. It's also psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just a very passionate person. So usually somebody... Drew, do you hear, when you hear uh, you're a very passionate person, I'm a very passionate person, is that the same bells different, go off for different. you as I'm a very sexual person? No, no. Because I heard for years on yeah. Loveline? No, no, no. I know you'd be uh, intense. Yeah. Intensely. Once you, once you get your something in your craw, it ain't coming out. It's good. It works for certain things. So yeah. we're going for the history of love lines tonight. Wait, wait, hold on. A little more on Anderson. Wanna... Talk about your podcast. Oh, oh, real quick. Yeah. Plugging up front. I love that. Okay, I got a couple shows that are doing well. They're, they're healthy. Uh, and actually, it's keeping me afloat uh, here in between jobs, as it were. Uh, 17 years of love line, find out that I'm having a kid, and suddenly I'm, I'm jobless, which is always great. The oh, universe God. works. But his wife just got an MSW. Yeah, so she's doing all right. Even okay. though we have to start so paying she... back those loans right around now, too. Oh, right? So love line goes away, and she's six months pregnant. Beautiful. Oh, this is God. life, my friends. Yeah. This is America. But the show that I put a lot of work into uh, that I do weekly, I, w- I would like to uh, give a little plug for, and that's called Cinematics. And we, uh, my friend, uh, Greg Serzovosti, who is a certified uh film critic he has been for for 20 25 years now we talk about movies that are coming out that friday we screen them beforehand and we uh critique them and uh we let you know what's worth your time secret life of pets secret life of pets is on our radar i don't think i'll hit it for that show because it's not quite of the ill well i'm going These next guys, friday no matter fucking what i'm pretty excited about it i'm pretty excited <laughs> about these guys are you know cinematic con- you know auteurs and they yeah, are, well what movies in america could they be reviewing? but like we, we cover <laughs> like finding dory you know okay. lobster Okay. Uh, the lobster, we covered the lobster, yeah. Did you see it? My son saw it. He said, you have got to go see I it. I love the first act, and then it goes off in the woods and never really yeah. comes back. But you know, we let you know what's worth your time and energy. But not just that, but you give a detailed analysis. Yeah, we have not, fun not, not, a, not a review, an analysis, a cinematic So you're analysis. at the Sundance yeah. Theater we, on Crescent Heights and Lemley in Pasadena. Those yeah, are the yeah, only yeah, places yeah. to play those movies. A lot of Lemley. But like I said, we did covering Dory. And my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies of the year was Green Room, which is a movie you should see, Bob. Green Room? Green what's Room. What's it about? It's about punk rock these punk rockers who uh get caught behind enemy lines at a, a neo-nazi punk rock club in oregon it's oh, so really? fucking good El- anton yelchin stars in it oh, oh my god very sad i know very sad 
He's so good. Oh, I got to see that. And we also covered a movie. Um, we I don't used know to have much... Anton was on Love, I remember. Was he? Absolutely. Not when I was there. Yes. A lot of people came in, and you I didn't know, know who they were, he, and then yes. I found out who they were later. Right, right, and I'm like, did know. I meet that guy? He, he was looks no, familiar. He was not even beginning his career. Yeah, he was just somebody that people were looking towards. The Big Combo? Is that the yeah. name of the movie? We talk about classic movies, too, especially Greg. He goes back. He loves The Big Combo. Yeah. And we were covering The Big Combo, and then after the show was over, he actually did research on this certain character in The Big Combo that he loved named Rita, and he found out that it's your mom. Yes. That's insane. He told me that off air. We didn't even cover that on the show. How weird is that? What? I'm, see, I mean, he's going, The Big Combo. I think my mom was in there. Yeah, she yeah, was. I, I didn't know what the character was named. She I, was in just, 10 movies, and one of them was called The Big Combo, which we covered on the show. Is it a jazz movie? No, it's a, she was in Film Noir. Noirs. Film Noir, yeah. Oh, my God. He was so, my, my partner, my co-host, was so taken aback by her performance. He researched her, and he was shocked. He immediately called me. He's like, oh, my God. That, you know that woman I was going on and on about? Rita, how great she was? And that was Dr. Drew's mom. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we lots of it, lots of intrigue and mystery. See what you can find out about her. Yeah, she, she, oh, he may he may teach you more than I know. Yeah, she uh. know Ida Lupino. No, because Ida Lupino was a director of film noir towards the end, right? I don't know. Uh, I don't know Ida Lupino. That that the, particular the actress. She will tell you. She'll go on your series. You can call her and she'll go on. Your I, I would love to set Greg she, up with an interview. And That'd she has a whole story about that particular filming because the mob shut them down. They were in New Orleans, and there's a whole backstory. I love that. I yeah. love that. A lot of times the stories behind some of these movies are way better than the actual yeah. movies themselves. Yeah, yeah. So please, feel, she loves that. She right. She she doing. I would love to set up Greg. I would love to set him up with an interview. Oh my god, I make her make her life. So we can't be Do politically incorrect, but you're kind of like an art f movie buff. No, he's a he's a. He's <laughs> I'm, a I'm, I'm gearing up to making a movie. I'm making he's my first auteur. feature. Did you notice we can't even see, we can't say that and yeah, now it's the n word and the f word. Look, he's so an you're an art f. Oh, I see where you're saying it's, it rhymes with hag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know where he was going. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, these are movies I saw when I was going to school. Yeah. Well, my first movie, which I'm gearing up to, to if you, if you, uh, I don't want to talk too much about, I would love to plug it. If you know anything about me and you know how much I love movies and how much I give to them, I am um, gearing up to actually try and raise some money for my first feature. I'm really close. Look at his arm. I got film tattooed on yeah, my arm. Yeah, I see that. And uh, I'm I always thought it was a snake. Andrew, no, it's oh, sh- <laughs> that's the running joke with all my friends. They're a cool snake, bro. Why is it broken? <laughs> Because one's 16 millimeter, one's 35 oh, millimeter. I see. Anyways, if you want to be involved or see what, what, what it takes to uh, raise money for a little independent feature, uh, I'm going to be doing that probably. The goal is September 1st is when we're going to launch the campaign. But AndersonCallan.com, I have information over there. Thing or what? Probably one of those. And uh, if you send me an email, I'll keep you in the loop. Okay. Right. And then you have the with Mike. Yeah. And then I do After Disaster and the Film Vault. Those shows are doing fine. Film Vault with Brian from Corolla. Ball Brian. Ball Brian. And, uh, and Corano, Mike Corano, who you know. We've talked to you know, several yeah. times. Uh, Corano and I just did a movie, uh, a documentary where he infiltrated ICP and the Insane Clown Posse. Yeah, no. we heard about that. We had pictures of And we went down it. to uh, San Diego. pictures of them dressed as in sound. We insane put on the clown? makeup and everything. It was on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We did but, a 40-minute documentary. He... <laughs> He said something like, it, you, you, at the open, he was saying like there was something else going on in San Diego, something rough. Trump rally. Trump rally, yeah. ICP Memorial concert. Day. This is going to turn out great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What can go wrong? And alcohol, Trump. mixed with alcohol. Well, and the next picture is him with being sprayed by Fago. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It I, really is do unbelievable. Do we love those guys or what? We love them. Their fans freak me the fuck out. Though. Yeah, I'm af- I was going to go to the big festival. I'm afraid to go. Yeah, though. the gathering? The gathering. Oh, you should be afraid. I heard, heard a story. Gathering. Yeah, I heard about gathering. the guy. It's at where is it? What it's state? In Ohio. Yeah, some yeah, weird don't do, state. Don't do. Don't do that, Drew. We should go. No, 
Okay, here's protecting? a little story. Here's a little story. Yeah. Uh, I heard the second hand about Bobcat Goldthwait covering the gathering. He was good. He he did what you were going to do, which was like be the the MC. Do the, do the, I guess it would have, it wouldn't be a keynote speaker. <laughs> <would it? laughs> be the MC, and uh, he had a bodyguard. And Bobcat Goldthwait was like, "I don't need a bodyguard. I'm fine." Oh no, I go with the bodyguard. And the bodyguard was uh, knocked out cold by just some random fan five minutes later. And Bobcat like was on his whole... own. Audience of G.G. Allen's, right? The audience is worse than the than the art, the crazy artist. I'm so afraid of them. I try not to talk about them because oh I'm going to say something disparaging. You know what I mean? But the but the, the guys, the uh, uh, Violent J, they're and, the best. Uh, Shaggy, Shaggy, too dope. They're very interesting dudes. And really they're fun, interesting fun dudes. guys. I've I've heard interviews. They got with some them. stuff. Very you know. talented with two liter bottles of Fago. The things that they did on stage with the Fago was really interesting. Do you think they'll come on the show? If they're in town, they would definitely come on to the show. I'm not sh- We'd have to go to them. You know what I'm saying? Too dope. Last time sh- they were on Loveline, just like yeah. probably two months ago, ta- yeah. Shaggy flew. I think they both flew in just for I Loveline. Know. I know. From Detroit. Yeah. They like, love Drew. They love yeah. all of it. That's so. why I wanted to go out and reciprocate and go to the gathering, but you'd have to, like, we would have to hire, like, a little mini army to go Drew, to I, I could see. <laughs> The juggalos seeing you out there, and they could see it. They, they would think of it as like a rite of passage if they overtook yeah. you. Isn't right? There a it's, it's documentary. The same thing. Isn't there a documentary? Yeah, about it's yeah. called American Juggalo. No, Twenty minutes on YouTube. It's so good. Look, it, it'd be the same thing as Fletcher vomiting on me. If so, somebody, no, somebody's going to go. You would be penetrated, would be, Drew, in one way or another. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> be careful, buddy. All right. Come on now. He, right. he could be. All right, so let's your other podcast talk about the after that real quick. Yeah, then. yeah. So we just uh, it's an idea show. We we talk a lot of ideas. Mike Carano, Tyler White, who former Loveline uh, screener, and I we're all different generations. So we're all we're all different age, so we all have different ideas, and it's an energetic show, and it's very fun. And people have been with a us. A lot of big fans of it. And when they, for when six they do, years, when they so. do it live, a ton of people show up. And we sold out the improv from all over. It's good times. All right, let's take a little break. Be right back. This life is sponsored by Bergamet Mega Plus. Uh, this is a very interesting nutritional supplement that helps reduce the risk of heart disease. It is a product that is derived naturally from the key extracts of the bergamot citrus fruit. Just right there in the name, Bergamet Mega. The bergamot citrus fruit is endemic in Calabria region of Italy, and it is extremely rich in something called polyphenols. This is something that can affect cholesterol metabolism, polyphenols. Uh, the Italian government was so interested in this, actually funded the development of bergamot. And the research I have read carefully, and it looks good. I've got to tell you, if you are someone that has issue with taking a statin, should be on a statin, can't tolerate a statin, this is a natural statin what we call an HMG-CoA reductase inhibitor. It has many of the properties of a statin that lower triglyceride, raise HDL, lower LDL. It also has an effect on metabolic syndrome. It may improve insulin resistance as well. So in a nutshell, for you, Bergamet Mega Plus can address conditions faced by millions of Americans worldwide. As I said, that is the metabolic syndrome, which is characterized by increased abdominal fat, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and insulin resistance. This is a combination known as the metabolic syndrome. And, you know, very often, in addition to diet, physicians are recommending a number of different medications. If you haven't got to that point yet, please talk to your doctor about the possibility of trying Bergamot Mega Plus. Only do it with the supervision of your doctor, of course, but it is available over the counter. And as usual, I want you always to consult with your physicians before you take anything. 
I want you to know, though, cardiologists and physicians worldwide have been recommending Bergamot Mega Plus. I actually been recommending it. Its effectiveness has been the subject of many studies, and it looks good. To learn more, visit Bergamet.com. That is B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T.com. Or you can go to thislifepodcast.com or drdrew.com and click on the Bergamet banner on our website. All right, now we're back, and uh, Bob, now you want to do your interviewing. Well, now, now well, we well, now I'm interested in Anderson's life because he just goes through this traumatic thing where he, a thing he's been doing for 17 years is just gone yeah. overnight in yeah. a week. Yeah. And look at what he invented. I, we're doing this, we're doing that. No, that resiliency, right. that thing I try to teach my clients, like, yeah, bad shit happens. You fucking buck up. I should be freaking out. I don't know why I'm not. It's a couple things. First You're an all, adult. <laughs> first yeah, of all, Lo- Loveline enabled him not to go yeah. on and do things he needed Complacency. to do. Complacency. Yeah, he was, and now, now him being dropped makes him do these things that he's quite capable of doing. He just wasn't doing, and now he's doing them. You right. know what you're going through is similar to what happened to us at the hospital. I thought I was going to work there till I died. Right, until I, lost and seen And then yeah. the people, we had some bad things go on, right. and I was out in the street. I'm actually happy, you know, because I started Aloe, and I- Well, we met, say bad I, things it, go on, but yeah. nothing to do with us. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, politics. Politics, yes. politics is what happens. Yes. A lot, yeah, so, LA Times was not kind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I, I lived so, it all. I, I was right but, there with Drew watching but, it all happen. But you, uh, the same feeling you probably had, I had for a month or a month and a half afterwards, like, fuck, this is so unfair. Fuck this. I never had that thought. I've never I had did. that thought. And, and then I just said, well, I got to figure this out. Yep. And I figured out a bunch of stuff that's been a lot more Talent rewarding rises. and fun. I remember and talking to Bob um, during, remember when we did your daytime show, Drew, like years ago, yeah. Dr. Drew Live, which was yeah. an ironic name because you were rarely live. Because <laughs> a lot of the time we had to play playback because you were out of town so much at the time. We're talking about the daytime t- <laughs> uh, we, radio was, show. It was a live radio show, though. Yeah. yeah, but it was about two times a week I'd have to play playback because playback you'd be in some other part of the country. Really? Right? I didn't yeah. know that. It I was funny. That. I remember I uh, talking to affiliates. They're like, "Why are you guys calling it live when uh, you're always doing these best ups?" Mm-hmm. Right. But I was talking. We used to have Bob on all the time, yeah. and I remember talking Tuesdays. to Bob. It yeah. was right during the recession, the crash, yes, 2008. It was. That's yeah. right. And I remember Bob, um, and I'll never forget it. You're like, everyone's gonna freak out, and they're all losing their money. They don't know how to live. I got you know a, a couple thousand dollars. I live out in Joshua Tree. I'm gonna. I can be fine for ten years. I can ride this out. That's People true. don't know how to live. They the all mortgage, live ab- above I, their means. I had a mortgage that was four seventy five a month, Drew. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm cool. like that's that's freedom. <laughs> where'd you go, where'd you go off the rail? <laughs> having kids, yeah. wanting a family. Oh, yeah. congratulations yeah, on Elvis! By the fun. way, yeah. And there's and Sydney's coming on August. Oh, that's the name of my yeah. dog. And uh, oh, be- <laughs> because of because of my favorite player in hockey, Sydney Crosby. Yeah, there you go. And we're going to Sydney, so it's perfect. That's, perfect. Sydney, yeah. that's well, why, little, right? That's my why. little daughter will be born in August, and and it's after. Sydney, Sid Barrett, Sydney yeah. Vicious, Sydney Your Dog. Nice. And, <laughs> nice. And, and Sydney, Sydney Crosby. Where we're, where we're going. <laughs> all we'll boys. A, a girl named after all boys. I love it. There you go. But we got we to gotta figure this out because I think that it got dropped so fast and I know it's hurt you, Drew, and nobody's really talked about it. This was an institution. I always think of it as an L.A. thing. Love Lines was an L.A. thing. I used to drive by when I was... Uh, you know, mid twenties to Pasadena, and you'd be in there doing love lines in 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 the old in the old uh, place Sunday across, nights, right? Yeah, yeah. Sunday nights, yeah. and Rodney was on after before before, oh, right. before. before. yeah. So you go watch Rodney Bingenheimer do his show and yeah. talk to him like, hey, what's happening? He was he's a peculiar man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I saw script. it. Yeah, I people ought to see that. They want to know. But he's story. very kind and yeah, very sweet, man. Sweet, sweet, sweet guy. guy. Seems, but you could go there as a 22 year old. You could go there just and roll be in. a part of it. Right? No, listen, I remember Susanna Hoffs knocking on the back door. Oh, would so you mind, beautiful. Would you mind giving Rodney my DVD? I really, she, they, nobody knew who she was. They, we have this band. <laughs> we have a girl band. Would you mind? I remember this. So I, I loved her. She was one of my favorites growing up when I was a kid. And so that's where it started. And then it rose to this unbelievable. Height where it's live on MTV, videotape, you know. Like. It was Corolla and MTV that really put it like, yeah. in the zeitgeist, yes. right? Yes, that was. But what it really was important it. here in LA. It was in the Rodney. The Rodney Loveline thing was an institution for my generation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and we learned about sex, and we learned about being an adult, and we learned about being responsible yeah. from that conversation. I think it, it kind of, you know, got a little too much anal sex talk. Towards, well, there was a, towards about the a decade 90s, where that was kind of the, the late thing. 90s. Yeah. Where what? The, where that was when I started, like yeah. anal sex was like the thing to talk about. Yeah. That's when I called it penis line. Yeah. <laughs> it was anal line. Yeah, it but was, the history of it—it it was so important, and and to just have it just disappear and nobody talks about it. Yeah, I have not seen Drew. We've talked a couple times on the phone, but I've not seen him since uh, it just suddenly went away. So how how? Is, have you woken up in the middle of the night? Look at Drew's eyes right now. He's having some feelings about no, it. No, I'm having feelings, but they're not all bad. No. They're good. I think the, because, it's good. Because one of the things, when you say it just went away, that's the way radio is. Yeah. Radio We've just, experienced that. Yeah, radio just ends. I mean, you, you can After be- After 30 years? Listen, you can be 30 years of, of an institution of playing certain kind of music and overnight be Ranchero music the next day. Yeah, and disco is over it. and they're blowing up all the records in the middle of Yankee Stadium. Nobody says anything about anything. It just, boom, it just happens. That's yeah. the way radio is. So we, we followed in the long tradition of radio. <laughs> but we did have a, I thought the fact that we even had a last show was sort of out of tradition. And I thought the last show was interesting. Kathy Griffin showed up. Andy Dick showed up. Yeah. But the fact that Kathy they went out of well, Kathy doesn't do she doesn't do that anymore she, I thought that was kind of Adam kept going why are you making a big deal out of this I said she's she sells out stadiums now mm-hmm. she doesn't have to do this she, she does well for us yeah it was sad that Mike wasn't there though Mike, Mike Catherwood Mike who? yeah Mike Carano was there Mike yeah Carano. Mike Catherwood yeah they, we had a weird thing with the program director where the program director didn't like the way you know this whole story right yeah the way Mike had radio, yes, yeah, so radio many stuff. egos in radio. He and didn't they like get away with egos in radio because I think radio is smaller time. A lot of time, egos can't get to that level like in movies or TV because there's so much more money involved. They're going to do whatever makes sense They're with the money. Just different. But with radio, you have more controls if your ego tells you to do something. Because well, I listen. I love Kevin Weatherly, but he said I didn't he, say the name. He didn't. He doesn't. He's our program director, and he didn't like the way Mike this exited exited. He didn't feel that he gave the administration enough time and didn't notify them, and he announced it on the air before telling anybody, even though the, his manager had called the music director and told him because they couldn't get a hold of the program director. The music director didn't tell him there was anything more to do, but still there was sort of hurt feelings, I think, more than anything. So he refused to let Mike come back and do the, do the last show. Yeah, so cool. Mike could have just rolled in, though. It's not but like it was, Weatherly was at the gate, nah, you know. <laughs> well, he would have never even known. Weatherly honestly. didn't show up either, so yeah. you know. I, in a perfect world, we would have had Striker there. We would have had uh, Mike Catherwood. Well, Striker still works there, right? I saw yeah, him yeah. at the Christmas when I went with yeah. you guys. Striker, Striker years were unique and great in their own little way. What is, really what does Striker do? Does he have a regular? He has show? a shift there. He has a regular shift. Oh, okay. And, you know, but we, we I think that we did the best w- with what we had to work with. We didn't have a whole lot of notice, and it was nice. It was a nice little send-off. Well, but to be fair, this is the, we'll go ahead and interview us, Bob. Okay, so, so some of the highlights, everybody knows. The ones I know, Fletcher was going to blow up the studio. 
right? Um, real quick, before you move on, I'm sorry. So you're talking about how it's an institution in L.A., and let me just tell you this real quick, all right? So the show... Explain like, to people what that means, too, because people not from L.A. may Because not everyone it. in L.A. knew it. to well, that it was, show. It was, it was on, about a 30-year uh, age window where, like, if you were born in between such and such and such and such, you knew Loveline. It was a yeah, rite of passage. And, and if it was a Sunday night show for 10 years in the 80s and early 90s, and then it went to five nights a week... Only in Los Angeles. Only place that was talking about sex and 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 young adult issues. As I've said, what motivated drugs? What motivated me initially was HIV and AIDS, which wasn't even called that. Grids, grids, and that and that no one was talking to young people about the consequence of their sexual behavior. And I was like, dude, this is. people. I was like, people understand there's really something serious coming here. And I was dealing with it every day in the hospitals, and I just started talking about it. No one was talking about. I was 24 years old. So I rolled in. It was about three weeks after Loveline was over. I had a big beard, so I kind of looked scraggly because I, I had my playoff beard going for the Penguins, right? Yeah. And I roll into some random bar, and I order a beer, and uh, a woman comes over. She goes, starts talking to me, and she asks how I'm going, how it's going, what I do. I said, I just lost my job. And all I, I just said, I just lost my job. She said, what, what was it? And I said, eh, it's in radio. That's how I'd always leave it. And she goes, don't tell me you're part of the Loveline crew. Oh, I was oh, so man, hurt yeah. when that show went away, and, and she's like, "I grew up in LA, and it's just like it's, it's like I lost a friend." A, a and lot I heard of that people, a few times, but to be, I did too. Yeah, but none of those people were active listeners. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, the problem yeah. with Loveline was always like that show's still on. Yeah, we'd hear that all the time. Yes, and and with Mike, we had made for the first time new listeners, real Younger inroads listeners. with young Hispanic listeners. Really mm-hmm. had a very deep growing audience there, and it was. Wonderful to finally, finally have gotten get have in touch with them. Yeah. yeah, well, it's Los Angeles. We're in Los Angeles. I I mean, if you don't have the Hispanic audience, you don't have Los Angeles. And uh, that really, I missed that. I missed that we that that I felt really. But when Mike left, Mike Catherwood left all of a sudden, and there was I did. By the way, Anderson, I didn't know really. I knew he was unhappy. Right, really didn't well, know. we could see that he was unhappy. Yeah. He'd come in and he would just uh, bitch and moan all night and yeah. just be angry. He became a different person overnight. Well, he's raising a child. He that decided he'd it. want to spend time with his daughter, yeah. which yeah. was acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when he left, uh, he, and you know I'd been complaining for a long... <laughs> I mean, Drew had triplets, he didn't do that, so I don't, I don't know. know if it's really acceptable. <laughs> I've been complaining for a long time. Yeah. Long time. Two years I've been complaining that, yeah. that something had to be done, I was going to leave. Right, the model was not there anymore, and uh, the writing was on the wall, and that... Uh, I think there was a chance to turn it around if we had the right support group behind us. I don't think we had that. It would have been nice for Drew to so let's received a paycheck in the last two years. I too. think it should live on as a podcast somewhere, but uh, it's owned by so many different entities right. that's not possible. <laughs> yeah, right. what happened to all the podcasts? Did no, they we just had take a, them away? We had a very loyal following. We had like a million a, a month oh my gosh. downloads, and it all just went away because everyone owns a piece of Loveline, from my understanding, from the people I've talked what to. What happened to Classic Loveline? All, all in the same boat because it's got the Loveline name. There was talk of, I don't know how much I should be saying, but there's talk of uh, somebody actually going through the, cla- the the old shows, pulling every mention of Loveline out of it and just oh. putting it back on somewhere. As the Adam and Drew show or something. <laughs> yeah. But you know what the editing behind that? Uh, Nate know. the man right there behind the board. No, I think more like uh, <laughs> I own the, Giovanni. I own, yeah, Gio and I have talked about it. And I, I own hundreds of pounds of Loveline archives. I don't own them. I'm keeping them safe. Good. I don't know where else to put them, you know. Oh, my God. Hundreds and hundreds so of So let's go through some of the historical things. Right. One is, I started becoming kind of a regular on Love Lines when I got sober in 87. Mm. That's when you and I, that thing that's in the movie about me, right? Yes. I was sober then. Like Bob's movie. Bob's movie. And, oh, yeah, Bob's and movie. Louis was your guy, right? That went on to MTV. Louis Largent. Louis Largent. And he would call me if a guest canceled, because I lived on 
Barham. He was the and booker? This, sort of the yeah, producer. He was like, yeah, he was also he was sort of music guy at the station. He had various different jobs. So right? you got to understand why it was I was on that show at the at the uh, near Warner Brothers, right? Yeah. I lived at Barham in the freeway. Oh, so I could right come there. in two minutes if wow. somebody canceled. So then all of a sudden I started relapsing again, Anderson. Mm-hmm. And as, as addicts do. <laughs> Especially addicts of your stature. Drew got more and more not, I don't know, it just it got testy sometimes. Then a guy was having his wife on the show, I don't know if you remember, a guy wanted his wife to have sex with 50 men. Oh, my remember God. Remember the guy? Yes, yes. And I wanted to beat him up. Yes. Not, not take part? I was a little intoxicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see just, that. I was just He's drinking. Just, you want to defend her honor, <laughs> right? It was his wife. But, but, remember but that? You, yes, I, I remember that. I remember your... I have no vivid I wanted memories, to beat him up. I don't but know. But I remember I, your <laughs> agitation was not, that was not unique to the level of agitation <laughs> that you, you had towards, you You were pugilistic a lot of the time. <laughs> yes. So that got me banned from the building. I couldn't do it anymore. You were good on stage though. Like you didn't really go off and get, I, I've seen you a number of times on stage back when I was a kid yeah, and you know, were. I could hold it together. Thelonious. Well, but in in the Bob and the Monster, we have a footage of him on, on Loveline from right. 86 or something. Yeah. And uh, he starts helping somebody. And I'm like, dude, if you, if, you know, I said, you probably make a therapist if you could get your shit together. Do you think that was the, the, the one thing? That made Neither you... of us remembered it. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, that's so depressing. How they found it is just stunning. But there's just the fact that, that the glimmer of what yeah. he became was there and was I recognized fun. it. Yeah, and he recognized yeah. it. But it was so fun and it was such like something I listened to when I was in college and then now I'm, I get to be on it. It was so fun. Yeah. And then then it exploded after that. I was I was in the wilderness while it exploded. Yeah. I remember seeing you guys on television. What was that like being on television every day? That was, that was fun. Every day you were. Oh, on? we those were taped. Oh, really? We would do six shows a day, a really? day. Six we didn't know hours, any better. The they first were hour shows, one hour shows, it, and people always go, "Who are your writers?" We go, "Us. We're the writers." Adam and I, and there were no writing. It was just all in, it was straight to tape. So Anderson, you're much and, younger, so you must have seen the TV show. Yeah, I was familiar with the show. And what was funny is I'm the oldest of four, and uh, all of my siblings watched and or listened to Loveline except for me. I was the only one really? who did it because you got siblings. If you're the oldest and one of your younger siblings kind of discovers something, you can't get into it, right? So that was theirs until I started working on the show. And the first time I ever listened to Loveline all the way through, of course, I you know was familiar with it. It'd be on. I didn't like before I started working on Loveline. I didn't yeah. like it a lot of the time because most of the time when it was on, I was coming back from a venue in the backseat of a friend's car, hammered. And or lots of fucking drugs, <laughs> and Drew would be on there talking about sobriety, the devastation, sobriety. yeah, and it made me feel awful. And I'd be like, "Put on some music, yeah, turn please, that off, turn please. that shit off, preachy guy." And a lot of time I'd be on speed, and I'd start to like, you know, <laughs> going, "He's not right because of this, this, and that," right? And I'd be like arguing to Drew. <laughs> it was a one-sided argument. But then you started doing the sports show in the same building. Yeah, then I started doing Pharrell on the bench back in 1996. And uh, that's when I kind of first got introduced to Drew and Adam. And it was really cool. It was right down the hall. I was bragging to my little brothers and sisters. And oh, then, they were so happy. Yeah, they were pretty uh, They were pretty excited about it. That I was. They didn't care that I was working on Pharrell on the bench, but they were pretty if, excited. If anybody, Pharrell, that guy talks like this. Yeah, I was uh, obsessed with Pharrell. I was... <laughs> I got obsessed with Pharrell for a minute, and I actually ended up meeting him at one of his live gigs, and we hit it off, and he just said, come on down to the studio. That's how radio works. That's how Anderson's lives work. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Anderson's this life. Yeah. that's that's It, it this kind Anderson of began life. that way, and then I he trained me. It was genius. He trained me to talk about abuse, but he trained me to do everyone's job in, on his team, 
and I learned everyone's job, worked for free, and then he fired them all up. of them knew that I was ready to take their spot. And I'm literally over their shoulders watching what they do. And uh, sure enough, somebody finally just couldn't take any more, and they took off, and I, I hopped in. Pulled so in. more questions. What do you what was it, What was So what's the, what's the most touching moments that you – let's just talk about the Anderson and years. Really so quick, we, really quick. The, the love the, lines, the Anderson years. Hey, what very was quick, the, most the, the drug addict stuff. You were never an addict. You were a, abu- a bad abuser. I, I, I toil with everything. And I think uh, you're just a bad abuser. I think I'm capable – you know, I I don't know. It's, it's a, there's a gray area. It's, it's too easy for you to stay sober. It's too easy. Yeah, I keep I, I will just say. recently. I, thought, will I was thinking maybe I'm in trouble. I'm slipping here, and then I decided not to drink for a while, and, it, and I don't have any problems. The, the regular See, it, addicts can't do that. Yeah, maybe maybe you have like a moderate genetic potential and didn't have the right environmental hit to really trigger it or something. Mm. But anyway, so go ahead. So I mean, I, when I drink, I drink like five nights a week, a lot. Drink myself to sleep. Because what? We have a new conversation. Later. Let's jump to love it. lines. Here's Wait, when thing. you're ready. When you're ready. <laughs> Jesus he's doing the same thing to you that he did to me. It's I, like a, I, I got questions some for crack. you. Do you mind that? <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. smoking crack. <laughs> then he starts swinging. <laughs> I smoked crack in New York. I only smoked crack once, and it was glorious. It was, it was one of my great, favorite. It was, it was great, fucking huh? fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I followed this guy into like one of those gay video arcades to smoke it. <laughs> It's so great. In Times Square? Uh, no, like on 7th Avenue. Oh, down in the Village. And then I was staying with my friends that uh, they lived at the plaza. And I remember oh, walking Jesus. back to the plaza at 5 a.m. and I never felt like such a loser. Uh, like with the crack crash, uh, trying to go into the front doors of the plaza. It was such a even, When you're so low, you don't even care if the cops know. <laughs> you just, yeah. just keep walking. God, I felt like a loser. <laughs> but I got questions for Drew from yeah. before my time that I've yeah. never actually... Like, I want to... Do you remember when Gibby Haynes was yep, on? I do. And didn't like he walk off? No, Gibby and Flea. I think Flea it was. and Gibby, yeah. right? And uh, you know, two I didn't, of my I, best friends. What happened? Gibby, butthole surfers, yeah. and Flea from uh, Chili, Peppers. Chili Peppers. They were so effed up and so wild. I just couldn't even deal. I couldn't like it was just probably on acid. They were like, I remember Gibby was like practically, he had his legs up on the wall and was like, <laughs> acid, like he, he was acid, practically acid. upside down. He was lying on the mic, screaming <laughs> in the microphone. And Flea was just laughing at everything. And it was just, that's it acid. Was, it was, True, that's acid. It could have been. Acid makes you feel like everything's a bouncy house. Like the entire, it was all the environment. to do a radio show. And yeah, I was they were like, young. Oh. You know what I mean? So, so. <laughs> yes, there was that Anderson. Was yeah, that? So now, you know who was more fucked up than that was uh, Humpty Hump. Oh yeah, that was Shock alcohol. G. That was, was alcohol though. Ah, uh, he was on E too. He really? was on Molly. I felt bad. E ecstasy. What do they call it now? Uh, it was Molly. ecstasy. Molly. Then X. Then E. Now Molly. E. Well, they haven't moved on to a new name. Yeah, kiss, kiss, it'll Molly be something else. But it, whatever the market. Shock G was fucked up. Yeah, he was a mess. Yeah. So. So, but, but so I want to get to the part where here's my take on love lines. Mm. It was a public service. Yes, intended to be. It became entertainment. Well, that was how it delivered the public service. Yeah, but it became way more entertaining yes. than in the eighties. Okay, it became entertaining. It was a. It was a, and then as the explosion of indie rock happened, everybody went there. Yeah. To every time because you have it was a record out, and yeah, yeah K Rock in the center, and you could really yeah. talk about something. Then it, the last seven, eight, nine, ten years I've been on, it makes me sad. The questions made me sad. Mm. The people's, do, do you know what I mean? A lot it, more it trauma. Like the trauma. A lot more trauma. Is worse and Drew would pull it out sa- too. 
Really? Drew would find it, and then they would usually call because there was a nugget of, of trauma, and then Drew would, they would call about one thing, and then by the time they got off the phone, they were talking about something much more horrific. Do you know what I'm talking about, though? Uh, and when Mike would, ta- Psycho Mike would try to do his thing, yeah. it just was so jarring juxtaposition, unlike when it was you and Adam, like you were talking about and by the way, Adam and issues, I are, but- Adam and I are still doing a podcast, so you can get the Adam and Dr. Drew show. You get Adam do you understand what I'm saying? The flavor but, but I'm saying, of the show changed. But, but what would be interesting- I, you you haven't listened to it, I guess. We do calls now on Am Dr. Drew Show, and it'd be interesting to see if you can ferret out what you're talking about. I don't know because I'm in it, but you may. Anderson knows because we would look at each other when I'd be on there. It's like so sad. These that what's going on in America it's with these tough, young people is so sad. It was a tough line, and uh, you know Mike pulled it off some nights, and other nights he didn't. Corolla was really good about putting because. Corolla puts his heart in the right place yeah. when the time calls for, yeah. and uh, he puts the caller in the pl- in their place when it. He was just a natural at it, and uh, I it, nothing against anyone that followed. Or Corolla. is America getting sadder and weirder, and more I traumatized? That, I think that yes. Cor- it was Corolla and Drew were able to handle the calls better than anyone that came after. That's what I think, and keeping it entertaining without getting too deep into yeah. the, the the negativity. But I mean, if you're very jarring about out the seventies being the ground zero of fucked up child abuse, then those kids are how old now? They're like forty, right? So should it be getting worse with the the twenty? Well, they up they today? there was another round. When was where, that? In the nineties? In the nineties, where, yeah. where it got then it came to light. Then it came to light, and now it's sort of getting better. It, mm-hmm. Listen, I a lot of the stuff in the nineties. Was people attacking? I got attacked on so many different things. Right. One of the attacks early on was, "We're just finally talking about this. this. Has always been around. This has never been as it never changes. It's always around. It's a tiny percentage, and we're just talking about it more now." And I was like, "No, incest and child, child abuse, sexual, and, child sexual abuse, yeah. and physical abuse. It is out of control epidemic. And now we know it's been an epidemic. There's an epidemic of this." And, uh, so like the fifties, that didn't happen because still in my brain, happened, Drew, even with happened. all those years working with you on Loveline and hearing twenty calls a night post Corolla days, it was five calls a night when it was Corolla. Five, yeah. five calls, five calls. That's it. That's we all we get through. Calls. Yeah, because he would be talking about his neighbors or North Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but there's grandma. I still, I still see the fifties as like as just as evil as as anything. You know, 60s, 70s. No, I think, that, the, I think the sexual at, revolution changed America. No, the free love shit. Yeah. 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 It became, hey, man, whatever you're into. If you're into kids, all right, whatever. You know, there's there's little a little people too, whatever. They're late behind. They asked for it. They want it. Closed doors. That's the kind of bullshit that went on. Yeah. I mean, that's went on a lot. And yeah. then these guys were not doing it on just one, they were doing it on many. And no one knew. No one knew to look out for it. No one knew. It just got unleashed all of a sudden. Well, the right place, right time, right? What do you think you would have been doing? This is such a layup question, but like if you didn't find Loveline or Loveline didn't find you, as it were, it was kind of like you guys just practicing medicine. You think you'd yeah. just be like an, yeah. another doctor? Probably. Just another doctor. Well, I would have done more of the psych stuff, Bob, but I would have gotten to something interesting. You would have not way. have met Bob. No, I, I mean, well, it's true. I guess I wouldn't have. I might. No, have. I would have been in his rehab as a client. Yeah, if he was doing if he, yeah, he would, you would have been. We would have bumped into each other either, either once, way. Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I might have seen him later in his work yeah. and recognized it. It wouldn't have, wouldn't have been so jarring to me realizing that somebody who I thought was dead was not just well, but whoa, so doing so well. Yeah, he tells that story a lot, Bob. I'm sure you've heard it uh, over and over again. About well, we how, have it on film. Yeah. It is pretty crazy. 
Because I'm, I'm thinking like I have, I cut my hair and I got these round glasses. I mean, he must know it's me. Because I was uh, what's it called, non gracia. I couldn't go to K Rock. I wasn't allowed. Right. <laughs> like, I was, he was like one of those guys. When you go into K Rock, because we worked over there for years, like there's first thing you see when you walk in the lobby is a bunch of printed out pictures of people's faces that aren't allowed in me there and, anymore. Me and the you poor man up there back. <laughs> <laughs> Bob with his crazy, crazy hair and his glasses. Oh, I love and, it. Uh, the, the sad part about poor man is he would be welcome had he not sued everybody and then made it put everyone in a position where they couldn't talk to him, speak about him. Impossible. It's crazy. It, the suits were, I mean, so awful and hurt so many people and were so time consuming and so. Is and, Jed and, and they still went, on? No. And they went over on? and over and over again. So we were like, clamp down. Cannot speak the name. Cannot talk to him. Cannot get near. It's too dangerous. Too dangerous. It was crazy. You know, so many people also thought they invented love lines. I've I've spoken to four who deeply believe they. Well, I know started of one person lines. who thinks they did, and you just mentioned his name. Yeah, I never, no, I never there's a couple other DJs that claim to uh, too. Well, the very Lewis, first were the Lewis, Swedish Eagle, right? Yeah, Mason. Eagle. That's and what I was going to say. Swedish Eagle and Scott Mason were the first two. Well, to Larry ever Woodside. Freddie Snakeskin says he invented it. Yeah, Larry Woodside had some involvement early on. I I'm the one who actually came up. with <laughs> <that>. <laughs> You weren't even born yet, yeah. but you came up. I with was it. born. Yet. It was you know what it was was an evolution. It's something that evolved. You know what? Yeah. I just saw a documentary. It comes out actually. I think it just came out. Depending on when this drops, it's called nuts it's a great documentary okay take a break you're gonna tell us about nuts when we get back it's the first love line i want to welcome aloe treatment centers out in malibu as a new sponsor i know we can trust it because i started it and I, I work there i can vouch for that but the fact is it's the way we used to do things you and i yes yeah I, you know, basic Minnesota model, really strong boundaries with clients, individualized treatment plans. Absence-based. Yeah, absence-based. Social based. model. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. team. It's a great team. Been there a long time. Some Good. of the people been there since the beginning. But here's the other thing is millennials need to learn how to get their driver's license and get a job. And we're starting a coffee house where the kids are going to work. Great. You know, that type of stuff. So it's like a, the best of the 20th century and a new 21st century model. Which is social, employment rehab. Growing right. up. Vocational rehab. Personal responsibility. in the world, being in the world, yeah. and recovery. Yeah, Fantastic. long term. Well done. And we're back. Tell us about this Nuts documentary. All right, Nuts. Uh, you're probably familiar with a doctor named J.R. Brinkley. No. John Brinkley. Rumi- Romulus Brinkley. No? It sounds kind of familiar now. He's a doctor who came up with a way to cure uh, weak sexuality, I think what he called it, where he took goats who were always banging in his backyard. Uh, He'd always see them out of his office window banging like rabbits, and he sliced little parts of their testicles off, put them inside men's, what do you call it, Darcy tunic? Darto's tunic. Darto's tunic (laughs) inside their their ball sack, and they would miraculously be able to have children after that. And this man did that for a number Norway? of years. Where was this? He also isn't this part of what Charlie Sheen's doctor is doing? Something about goats and goats that don't get AIDS. The same kind. Don't of keep uh, abreast to uh, doc- Charlie yeah. Sheen's doctor's <laughs> activities. But he also cre- he was kind of run out of town by other doctors and the uh, the, the medical board, as you'd imagine. Drew. Uh, he went down to Mexico, erected this giant uh, transmitter so that he could preach his message and his advertisements, essentially, from Mexico back over the border to the rest of the country. And that's 91X? No. <laughs> no, 91X <laughs> used the same model as J.R. Brinkley. 
And uh, the first things that he started talking about, I want to say this is, I saw this a couple weeks ago, I want to say it's the 30s. Yeah, it's in the middle of the Depression. And he's talking about sexuality. And uh, most uh, Americans are tuning in and they're riveted by this. But, you know, the powers that be were like just, stat- they were taken aback at how filthy the radio airways had, wow. had become. Oh, is there, and is there he was tapes talking, of the show? He was Can doing Loveline. He was, Can you hear it? In this documentary, they definitely have clips. I he have was not, answering uh, questions and stuff. He was answering questions, wow. uh, sex questions. And he was before talking Kinsey? about. Before Kinsey? Before Kinsey. Wow. And I was thinking, this is People the first time anyone did before Loveline. Before Kinsey? They were having sex before Shocking. Kenzie. Shocking. It was boring. It was only missionary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you watch the Masters of Sex? Do you watch? I it? do not. Do you? Drew lives it, man. No, I, I don't. Because okay. it's I don't know. Uh oh. I'll tell you what I do watch is Unreal. You seen that show yet? No. Not. No. Unreal. No. Uh, don't have time for new shows. Okay, no. Just but, the first so thing. Anderson, yeah. if you're, an, if you're a, I just watched three episodes last yeah? night. I okay. can't. It's too slow. Yeah. I can't get to it. Orange is the New Black is my favorite yes. TV show because you know what? It's it's not trying to be movies. It's not trying to be cinematic. It's just good storytelling. You great finished, characters. Have you finished the season? Yeah, it was a little weaker than seasons past, but it's what TV should be. No, I you know? thought it was strong. I thought I thought the, too the, much scat for me. Too much scatological humor. This but I season. thought the 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 racial explorations were really good. Really good. I love so, that show. Yeah. So, the, Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black. So, so you don't mind television. You're not a, oh, a I love cinema it, no, elitist. No, no you, got me, you got me like all worked up in your head. <laughs> Bob is like some kind of well, uh, pretentious You're at the fuck. Egyptian no. seeing the Fassbender no, marathon I, film. I'm the first to say that I hate those movies if, they, oh, if they're no good. Yeah. Like the Neon Demon right now is a bunch of uh, pretentious people will tell you it's great. Have you not heard great. Of that? I don't Have know you heard that? No, what is it? There's. I wanted to go to the movies on Thursday night. It's kind of date night around our house, but there's a baby sticking out of the front, so yeah. it's not really going that well. So, so weird, it has to it? be a good movie. And we looked and looked and looked and scoured and scoured. The only movie <laughs> we wanted to see was the documentary called Witness. Have you heard of this? No. Remember the woman who was beaten and raped in New York City and 38 yes. people witnessed it and yes. called and nobody did anything? Yes. It was Some called, light viewing. Uh, uh, I wanted to see that documentary, but yeah. it was in Encino, so we didn't but, go. But as it pertains to film. Gate 5. And television. <laughs> listen, yeah. film, he knows television. all the Lemleys. He knows all the Lemleys across Southern California. Playhouse is out here. Yeah. We should be sponsored by Lemley Theater. As it pertains to film, radio, and television, my daughter said something interesting yesterday. She said, you know, in Orange and New Black, it's important viewing. It's so It's such a... A, a sort of uh, the way people should be thinking about race and race relations or the important conversations they should mm-hmm. be having about it. And she goes, she said this, she goes, if television were able to change people in the culture, this would do it. And I thought, well, it does. It does kind Entertainment of. always has. Yeah, but I think it used to Ray, be more we, so we did than with it does Love now. Line. That was the idea. That was the idea. Love Line galvanized Teen people. Mom, same idea. Changing. Everything's so can splintered. Can I say one thing There's about, no about media? media. You're right. You're right. But if, a, it can, if you can get enough, uh, you know, sort of a, whatever it is. A, you know, a little a, seedling that could yeah. grow and then the idea is critical mass. What is the most popular television show that had the highest percentage of Americans watching ever? Isn't I love show? Lucy. Who was the husband on that show? Ricky Ricardo. Is he a white middle class father knows no. best dad? No, but that he was had sort of, more to but he was do. Sort of made into that, but that had more to do with race. I Ms. think it Mr. had a lot privilege. to do. I think it had a lot. <laughs> I'm to calling do with you out on white privilege. <laughs> Bob Forrest has white privilege. I, Ricky Ricardo. Ricky Ricardo. 
But then we had uh, that setback was in the 70s with All in the, fa- all in the Family. All yep. in the Family. Was and, uh, I talked about it. What's his name? Uh, the, the, Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker. They actually wrote him to be ironic and comical, like people could laugh at his ridiculous views, and it backfired, and people no, no. started agreeing with him. Uh, no, yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely. I studied Well, nowadays. Yeah. nowadays. I, I, I can happened. tell you, as somebody who lived it, yeah. anybody, I mean- it's like saying, uh, you know, if somebody has a white supremacist BS and they find people that agree, you know, right. or get some fire. A lot up. of the country agreed. I mean, they took polls and whatnot. It was alarming. It was well, alarming. And then they started getting pressure on well, how now, to write that well, character because we people are. were actually following what he was saying as truths and Jeez. looking to him. And uh, something's kind of similar is going on right now. Yes, yeah, very similar. Yeah. But but what's the highlight for you of all time of Love Lines? It's so tough. Isn't that a hard yeah, Biggest star. What, didn't Oasis come in there one time? My favorite guest. Oasis? They were no good. They were not, not as lovely. Really guess. sweet. They, they were yeah, very nice. nice. They were and the you know Beatles what? For British, of that I, I know, for British bands, they were like some of the nicest we, yeah. we encountered. Yeah, the British love, bands were not, not fun on that show. Blur was not nice. Blur was... Uh, they came in uh, as the gorillas. Mr. T was a highlight. You weren't around for that. No. That was a good one. Uh, that was <laughs> Anne's first guest. That was a Phyllis band. Diller. Every <laughs> great rock and roll band for the last Cloris 30 Leachman. years has been Cloris in Cloris Leachman uh, gave great anal sex advice, and yes. I was shocked. Yes. And it was actually really good yikes. advice. Oh, yeah. it was yikes. And, and, yikes. and poor... Uh, Nick Schwartzen was also on the show. And just That's right. Like, oh Swartzen, but Schwartzen would tell you. Like, like, she was giving good advice. <laughs> yeah, she really was. She was saying push out, which is like counterintuitive, but it makes sense. <laughs> Cloris Leachman. It was, it was explicit. I, I'm not sure you need to go there, but, but it was Cloris Leachman. This is becoming, this has but, a little taste yeah. of right. love life. What else? What, what there, I can't remember were, all the Insane people. Clown Posse was my favorite guest ever. Yeah, they yeah. always brought it. Yeah. They were always very funny. Um, Andy Dick was always really funny. Did Ice Cube come in? Ice Cube came in. He was on the TV show. He came in with Easy E, didn't he? They, they no, did the radio show. Easy by himself. Really? But, but yeah, as far as I remember. But Ice Cube was on the uh, TV show. Alec Baldwin was a highlight. Yeah. And here, I'll tell you this quick little little story. Alec Baldwin showed up about an hour early, right? And I, I, was, I was in there early. Yeah. working on setting up the show, and uh, the doorbell rings in the old studio, Culver City. I'm like, ah, shit. So I go down and answer the door. It's Alec Baldwin and his, his buddy. And I'm like, oh my God, Alec, uh, hey, uh, no one gets here. Drew doesn't get here for another half hour. Corolla will get here in about a minute they before the, the show starts. Lot? I'm like, you can go. to There's a bar right there. I didn't know that he was in the program at the time. <laughs> Like, why don't you go hang out at the bar over there? Yeah, you need some meth. And he was all, <laughs> Alec give, was all excited. Why did you give him some of your I meth? wasn't on meth anymore. I quit meth before I started working with Drew. And right before I started working with Drew, actually. Oh, Not why? because of Drew. I swear to God. I mean, I've done meth since yeah. I've known him, but I wasn't doing yeah, it on yeah. a regular basis. Uh, and then Alec looks at me. I'll never forget Alec. He's like, he's all excited. He's looking over my shoulder trying to see in the building. And he goes, he says, when does Anderson get here? I'm like, holy fuck, Alec Baldwin is excited. So I'm like, I'm Anderson, come in, I'll show you what I do. And he was asking about the sound effects and all that. He's like a little kid. It was great. That's cool. That was really exciting. That's a good one. Who who are the most famous people we have? Uh, Alec Baldwin was on? Willie Nelson. (laughs) Willie Nelson. Do you remember remember the the bus, Drew? The pot bus. Did you smoke some with him? Dave? No, he did not. (laughs) He we second handed. Have you heard sure. the Have you heard the thing where Snoop Dogg smoked some with him and Snoop was like paralyzed? No, he was like, he spoke so much. Yeah, Snoop was on a bunch it's of Willie times. Willie Nelson weed, brother. Yeah, yeah. Snoop There's was on some, a bunch of times with us. 
Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd bring his people. Yeah. He'd have a he'd have a crew Don probably Magic about Juan. twenty people with him, this and guy, they would just overtake the entire building. Wearing a green, driving a green Cadillac with with it was a spiritual advisor Dan, with, with Don Magic Wand <laughs> with, a, with a cane, yeah. a diamond cane. No, the Willie Nelson tuxedo. thing was great though. Back to Willie Nelson for a second. He had his bus out there. They invited Drew and and uh, Corolla onto the bus to meet. Willie Nelson on his like mythical bus that he tours the country. Was it weed yeah. everywhere? Oh, and just they had a sit down <laughs> at, at the front of the bus. Remember this yeah. on the bench, and then they said, "Hold on." An assistant went to get uh, uh, Willie. He knocked on the door, and then he says, uh, "I present to you Willie Nelson." He actually presented him like yeah. he was royalty. <laughs> a door opens up. I'm not exaggerating. Like a plume of smoke comes yeah. out of this back room that he was in. And that was before it was so commonly known that he was a biggest stoner. It, it was just not. Really it was known. really weird. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. I, and then braided Willie Nelson comes out and he couldn't have been nicer and yeah, nice like, we all just sat there and he showed us and told us a couple stories it was great and you taped it you no, he came, he came on the show he then came on the and show then we came on the yeah, show yeah this is like pre-show stuff this is the stuff I'm talking about it was fun well, any, other any stalkers come by sometimes oh yeah oh, we had that one lady that used yeah. to send Drew casseroles and, and cookies and, Casseroles and cookies that did not keep, especially the casseroles, and then uh, diary with her poop schedule, which I yeah. really yeah, was yeah, upset really by. Very sick. And her menstruation cycle. Well, Remember you want to know that, that if you're thinking of uh, yeah. getting involved. Kathy was a good guest. <laughs> you didn't know. Kathy was a good, good guest. Oh, Kathy Griffin. Always you love guest. Kathy. Yeah, she she's, she's good. Um, we had a lot. We, Heather Graham is a famous story with Heather it's Graham. It's a great story. We should just tell famous stories. What did she? Heather do? Graham, you know the, the yeah, actress. I know. She's in. Uh, what's the? She came on for Boogie Nights. Nights. Boogie Nights, Austin Powers film, and she was before. And we we always got everybody before. I was just thinking we had uh, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. I thought about this. this I remember morning, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, when he was two Very guys, stoked. a girl in a pizza kitchen. Yeah, and he could not have been a nicer guy. And I thought to myself. Don't remember the girl or the he, guy. He didn't do that much on the show either. No. But I don't remember the other girl, the girl and the other guy. No, I have no idea. I, I couldn't tell you who they were. I had a girlfriend that was a costume designer on that show, though, at the time. So I Two I guys, a girl in a pizza kitchen. Ryan Reynolds was starring in that. It was a TV show? TV show. Well, that's Holy God. Two guys, a girl in a pizza place. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so another similar, you know, three actors, I recall. An actor and two actors came in to, to talk. It was some movie about a murder in a bathtub. That's all I remember. It's about a bathtub. Are you talking about Ryan Reynolds now? Or Heather? No, now we're doing Heather, Heather Graham. Okay. And it was a movie that was going straight to DVD. It wasn't being released or anything. And uh, Adam's sort of making talk. I, it's unclear if it was during the show or during a commercial break. I don't remember it at all. Yeah. Okay. So I'm probably it was during it might a commercial have been before break. I worked on the show. Yeah. And he sort of kicks back and he goes, hey, you're a nice looking girl. You seem very talented. What, what are you working on now? And she goes, well, I'm kind of excited. I'm doing a new film. It's about the porn industry in the 70s. It stars, this is 1990, whatever. It stars Burt Reynolds and Marky Mark. We're like, what? Marky Mark's brother, <laughs> Burt Reynolds, what? Yeah, it sounded <laughs> ungood. And, yeah, she was, and, uh, and I wear roller skates the whole time and it's about the porn industry. We're like, what? Who? Adam really goes, who is your agent? For God's sake. <laughs> but if I had been there, Bob, being yeah. the film nerd that I am, yeah. I would have said, hey, this is directed by Paul Thomas Anderson who made a movie called Hard Eight, which actually is originally called Sydney. It was oh, called wow. that Sydney. Wow. And wow. that's a great movie. So she's going to be okay because Paul Thomas Anderson knows how to make a movie. Magnolia. Is Magnolia one of the greatest movies ever? Uh, Magnolia, I can't stand. I hate it. I love it. Well, part, I, Cruise, it's Tom a roller coaster. Cruise, I'm thinking Tom this is one of the greatest Cruise movies so ever. Great and then the next moment, I'm like, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And then the next moment, I'm like, this is one of the greatest movies. It's a it's a <laughs> roller coaster. Well, that about does our time, guys. We any more more highlights? Before? My my favorite thing when I worked on the show was doing the sound effects and getting creative and clever with the sound effects. And uh, I used to mess with Adam. I don't know if he ever figured it out, but a lot of the time I would, because he would get angry with some of the effects I would play, and I would 
fix it so that everyone could hear it except for Adam. Oh, <laughs> that was always fun. So everyone uh, like that was listening. I didn't know that. Cars, I, I didn't don't even know, know if Drew did that. I, I did used, not know that until just now. It was very fun. I used to always it was like, time. all right, Anderson, just press the, shut, p- shut slide, the fuck up and slide the potentiometer. Push the <laughs> buttons, would you, Anderson? <laughs> and then uh, the one time with Stryker, actually, I, I upset him so greatly with my sound effects that he actually came around oh, and yeah. uh, tried to punch me. Uh, in my room yeah. was when we had Lindsay Lohan on and it was before she was kind of out and I kept playing we had her on the show no she called in remember oh, yeah. we had her on yeah, by yeah. phone and I kept playing I had out of context Drew drops of Drew saying you're a lesbian you're a lesbian oh, my and goodness. I kept playing them and Drew, and, and Stryker was giving me the look through the glass like if you play it one more time I swear to God and I couldn't help myself I had to <laughs> for good radio passion. Right? It was good radio. Passion. I played it and he came in and he didn't he rushed over and Lindsay was still on the phone and he wanted to punch me he punched my board instead defending the, the virtue of Lindsay Lohan yeah, All right, the great that, Stryker we're but then we made up. TMZ because of that not because of the drops, but because she was on the show. All right, we got to take a break. She was outed. Uh, reminder: show. check out uh, this life podcast, also this life uh, Facebook this, page, right? and the Twitter handles at this life podcast. Also, ask Bob Forrest and at Dr. Drew Anderson Cowan at After Disaster Podcast. Yeah, AfterDisaster.com yeah. and uh, Cinematics Film Vault. And thanks to AndyCowan.com. Anderson Cowan. Thanks to Andrew, Andrew, AndersonCowan.com. Yeah. And thanks to Andrew and Nate. And the Pittsburgh and, Penguins. Yeah. Let's just, Such a glorious let's just talk I just about keep it. NHL Network on in the background all summer. And at First Lady of Love for her stewardship here. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Fuck your Netflix and chill, boo. Because, baby, I just want to know you. And fuck those bitches on your timeline, too. Cause they ain't got what I could give you Baby, I ain't tryna run no game And I'm through fucking with these lames They always got something to say, ayy So if I come over, can I stay? If it's you that I choose to lay with All you gotta do is say yes Ain't no tricky question I ain't got time for stressing Over this lesson I'm about to teach you I want your hands all over My body, I know we're not sober Baby, tell me what you wanna do Baby, tell me what you wanna do I'm stuck here processing these thoughts of you and if you need some extra time, that's cool Just know that I'm gon' hold it down for you Baby, I'm gon' hold it down for you I'm stuck here processing these thoughts of you Cause baby, I could spend my time on you So baby, tell me what you wanna do Well, I'm just a man who's addicted to life Bottles and models and women on mine Telling the truth, girl, I'm not trying to lie I know that you want me, I seen in your eyes Know you so long, girl, it's always the same shit Yo, man, he just ain't shit He leave you so anxious All of them suck, girl, that last one was dangerous Baby, I ain't trying to run no game But you the type of feeling don't say shit So you never quite have been up as the main chick, and all I'm really trying to say is I can make you mind if you say it All you gotta do is say yes This ain't no tricky question I ain't got time for stressing Over this lesson I'm about to teach you 
I want your mind all over Baby, I know you're not sober But won't you tell me what you wanna do Baby, tell me what you wanna do I'm stuck here scribbling these thoughts of you And I could spend my time on you So baby, tell me what you wanna do